This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. All right, back again, Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. What you got for us? I don't know. What do you want to talk about this week? Decoys or something? Let's do decoys. Right. Um, you said something about flocked versus unflocked. We can start there. Yeah, well, let's get your opinion. What do you think about, let's not even say heads, let's say fully flocked. I love the way they look. Mm -hmm. As far as being in a blind and looking out at my spread, it instills a shit ton of confidence. Whether that's a placebo or not, I guess that's yet to be determined. Um, so they don't shine, but I do know that real birds shine. Yeah, because they're flat. Yeah, they're, they're flat, but I mean, just depending on the angle that the light is hitting a, a, a bird a little oily too they got a little oil on their feathers and it's fat flat yeah they shine so i don't want I, my decoys to shine though no, ever i know uh, even when that's the kind even of thing it's like eh, is is there something to that shine is there a point where are you know we don't know what goes on in, the, in a goose's head but i think in general you don't want shine you don't no, want we, them working and all of a sudden this big flashy glare because you're not getting that off of a, a goose's feathers yeah a, a wet decoy shine is different than a waxy yeah, feather shine right so as far as that it's, it's going to be more subdued with the fully flocked um okay I, you like them so does i it, like them so does every human being ever sure okay but are they more effective probably not no i agree i just think, <laughs> i just think in general we put way too much well there's no way a human being can decoys. look at it and go like that looks worse <laughs> like, yeah. they, they obviously just are so much better i mean i was i'm old enough now i remember like the flocked heads started coming out mm -hmm. and People just 
can't stop touching it and just looking <laughs> at the flocked heads. I've worked booths at shows like in the mid 2000s when they, they were coming out and like people just come. There was a draw and people just pet these things like it was their childhood dog. It's either a white, it's either a white bald headed dude they want to touch their head or a black dude they want to be like, can I touch your hair? It's so curly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they do it all the time. And, uh, I've just always been fascinated by how much of a draw and how much people like it. But uh, has it changed goose hunting? I would say no. And you hear that a lot of times too, like Big L versus Die Bomb, that sort of discussion. Like, well, you can get the Die Bombs uh, with flocked heads. Like, so? Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's a big difference maker to people. And you know what? I have heard this one time I was out in North Dakota, and uh, we were doing a little early season hunting. Ran into a group of guys at the bar, and we get to chit-chatting, and we got talking decoys. And they told me they have um, three dozen fully flocked decoys, and they just use them for early season because they battle morning dew every day. And I was like, huh, that's a really, really good point. Because yeah. I was saying, ah, you don't need no fully flocked decoys, you know? Sure. Blah, 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 blah. And they go, well, we have such heavy morning dew on such a consistent basis that we decided to make the investment and we just kind of keep them around. It's their own little pod of decoys we have. And the rest, we got a trailer full of whatever the hell's. Sure. You know, and I was like, that's actually quite clever. I like that idea. Yeah, so I mean, it makes sense. I could see, like, where a guy is fighting morning dew constantly all the time and has a little setup like that. With that said, I've seen, you know, if you get that dew or a heavy, like, a misty morning or whatever, um, Yeah, they might like the unflocked ones might, especially like a, let's just say a silhouette. Yeah, they're going to be glossy. They're going to be whatever. The water's running off, and on flocked, on flocking, that water will hold tight to the flocking, mm -hmm. and so you got these droplets, and that's not entirely. You think you get droplets? I don't see. I don't see I've droplets on fully flocks. They will frost. Yeah, they'll definitely frost. Definitely well, everything frost. Frost though. Sure, everything's going to frost. Yeah. yeah. But they'll get, I've seen droplets on, on flocking before for sure. All right. I don't know how important, it, you know, or detrimental it is, but I mean, I have seen it. I wonder if you like spray that shit with like, uh, uh, you know, what's the Rain-X? Would it beat off it? Like, I'm uh, sure it would, dude. Rain-X works so good. There, I go. <laughs> huh? there you go. I have seen like mixed spreads Super too of like pro fully, tip. fully flocked and, and plastic decoys out in a field. And the fully flocks do hold more contrast and just... Visibility, I mean, obviously, I think visibility is the number one most important thing about a goose decoy. I mean, over realism, over anything, if they can't see it, you just paid yeah. $600 a dozen for I invisible. I agree with that. Yeah. So, like, if you're squeezing more visibility out of a decoy, that's a good thing. If you're preventing morning dew, that's a good thing. We can say that. But are they going to kill more birds? In those circumstances, maybe. Yeah. It was something you said to me in one of the first podcast that we did might have been the first podcast that we did where you're like you know if you look at the way a goose is colored there's no there's no difference between drakes and hens yeah like they're female, they're, yeah. they're not sexually dimorphic they're they are the same mm -hmm. and they're meant to blend in yeah whereas ducks obviously they are sexually dimorphic you got the <coughs> drakes that stand out as much as possible flamboyant coloration species yeah and then the hens obviously are drab with camouflage because they're they have to sit on the nest and hatch them out and protect the babies, so they don't want to be seen. Consequently, it's kind of like deer. You ducks know, ducks are more visual, geese are more verbal because they've evolutionarily gone out of their way to not be spotted. So when it comes time to communicate, they need to 
Well, they're not exactly camouflage. Like a hen mallard is camouflage. Yeah, right. But and like a deer, a deer's just brown. But you can kind of lose them. You know, like they kind of melt away into the oh, background. Just if they don't. If they don't move. Exactly. Goose is kind of the same way, where it's not camouflage per se, but sometimes they just stand still. You can look over like a plowed field and be oh, like, oh yeah, especially oh, like a chisel plow. I like, see like five geese out there. Put the binocs up. There's five hundred. Exactly. Like, whoa, whoa. Or I didn't know there was anything until one stretches its wings you're like exactly. oh crap there's geese exactly. in that field um so another thing you had t- uh talked about was like the eva plastic that is yeah there out. was just b- a bunch going on i just saw some stuff on social media here recently so i thought that'd be a quick one we could hit on i've got uh i've got my my doubts about eva plastic decoys and i mean i don't think anybody out there is going to say the eva decoys are going to make the best decoy on the market I think what people are going to say with the EVAs is that there is a time and place for them. What do you mean? Well, the light. They are light, more lightweight. Super lightweight. But what do you think about on like a platform of a full body field honker decoy? Well, I think again, it's like if I got a super muddy field that I can't get a, a wheeler in, I got to hike in to a spot and I can grab a bag and I can fill it up with two or three dozen EVAs. Whereas like it'd be a lot harder and they're usually smaller. So you can get more bodies in a bag. I haven't noticed them being that much lighter weight than a standard polyethylene. It might be the way they're made. Are you I talking mean, about like the ducks that they make? Because some of the ducks ones they make out of super thin EVA. Yeah. And no, those are the, real lightweight. Just think just to throw like bulk or... Okay, yeah. Like that bulk would be like that. or um, gym shoe, you know, something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, they're hollow. They got a stake system. Those are the ones they roll up to ship, right? No, I don't think they do that. Those are like the foam ones. Like they're oh, actually like no. light foam. Those Bulk ones. rolls up their EVAs. Oh, do they really? Yeah, it's a box for a dozen. It's oh, like man. this big. No, I think. Well, I guess I don't know. I've never ordered them. I know gym shoe. They come like about a dozen of them. They're they're in their shape. Right, but if you're talking like a standard like Dakota Signature Series or um, a DOA, something like that, that's getting okay. made out of like an EVA plastic these days. One thing is, I just don't like know how the paint. Yeah, it doesn't we'll flake off. It doesn't rub off, but I feel like it melts. Hmm. I don't know. Did you, have you ever seen that where like you get these three to four year old ones now because they're just kind of getting to that age? It's so new. I feel like there's so much oil inside of the EVA um, material. Material. It's starting to like melt, melt away the feather detail, like Maybe. to where you get this like monotone color. But then, do you need the feather detail? I think what you need is the contrast. When you, when you get the melting effect, your decoys start to blend in more. Like, I used to never wash my decoys. I'm like, what is it going to do? Look more realistic that it has dirt on it? No, it's going to start to blend itself into the terrain. Sure. Like, if right. all your feather ridges start to collect dust, yep. now all of a sudden you get this little airbrushed finish on the edges of your right. decoys. Because I've seen photographs of drone, drone photos of decoy spreads where you get full bodies and silos mixed in together. And it didn't matter what angle, like straight on top, like, coming in low it didn't matter what angle the silhouettes had better visibility in the field just because like, of the shadows that they the f- cast no not the shadows oh. at all i was like what the fuck could that be from and it's from the fact that this decoy spreads like a used everyday type of thing and is never washed and those silhouettes maintained their sharp edge mm. and the full bodies were dirty rub trailer rubbed like a bastard and then they start to get this nice soft finish around around the edges like when you go around the, the curve of the body, it's all of a sudden starts to fill with dust when you look at it from that angle. Sure. You get up a couple hundred yards and look at it, and they just start to just to get real soft against the terrain. 
As drones have are, have become a really good tool. Yeah, they have. For and stuff looking like at spreads, that. looking at hides, looking at stuff. You know. Yeah, stuff like that. I would have never noticed that with before drones. Right. Like what? Because that's the first thing that popped out. I was like, "Oh, look at that! You can see all those decoys." And I was like, "No, there's double that amount of decoys in that field." Like you start zooming in uh-huh. on it. Yeah. Oh shit! You can see the shadows of all these full bodies that are invisible. Crazy. That's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's uh, shitty. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the EVA is an extraordinarily durable material that people are having a lot of luck um, not breaking the plastic of their decoys anymore. But One thing I don't people know don't like about them is they're, like, if they get misshapen, they kind of hold that shape, and you have to, like, get them warm again like to kind of pump them. Hair dryer? Get them back out, yeah, yeah. Or leave them in the sun or whatever. Again, how much is that going to matter to a goose? Another thing, too, I think – Bigfoot really started this when they got a decoy that was softer plastic and people associated that soft plastic with durability. And for me, I would rather have a hard body. Well, they kind of touted it as a durability thing. At least Bigfoot did where you can toss them around, you can crunch them and they you are. can pop them but back Bigfoot, out. Bigfoot bakes their paint in. That's what makes them durable. And the fact that they're American made using like the top quality paints and that sort of shit. They're not like Chinese that are cutting corners behind the manufacturer's backs yeah. and all that shit. Right, yeah. So like um, nowadays, though, paint durability is pretty darn good on almost every decoy brand. But people associated that soft body with durability when in reality, hard bodies are much more durable. Much, much more durable. Because the soft body, you get a stack of them things in the trailer and you start to get sides that squish. Now you have surface area that rub rubs up against the trailer well, walls. That paint doesn't necessarily flex it'll, or flex with the plastic. So it does nowadays. Oh, it depends on the type of paint, I suppose. Yeah, but, unless uh, you're buying gym shoe or Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking around. No, you can. I don't have I'm not connected with gym shoe, so oh, I, just, right. I have some. But, but you know how like um you remember like Avery's back in the day, like the paint would come off like a candy coated shell? Like the fucking M&M layer was coming up to yeah. reveal the chocolate pretty yeah, much. Yeah. That really doesn't happen anymore. So you're getting to where the paint is flexing with the decoys. Yeah, and I've heard people talk about, you know, impregnating plastics with the color so that they can't chip off or That's kind of what fade. Bigfoot does. Yeah, they melt it in yeah. under, in a big old oven. And um, But now now what we're talking about, if the paint's not going to chip off, it's going to rub off. So now right. if you got a soft body decoy that's squishing up against the trailer walls, you got more surface area rubbing compared to a hard body that maintains its shape. You're just going to have the, like the crest of the, like the side, just a little bit of the side is going to be rubbing. Sure. As long as it doesn't candy coat shell chip away. So, and again, how much does it matter? A lot. Well, I mean, as far as like color is concerned, like looking at it, I I, mean, how many odd ball geese do you see? out there that are just colored in terms of realism in terms of realism it's not going to make that big of a difference in terms of contrast up against your fields and making sure that you maintain sharp visibility sharp edges yeah every every rub you get i can see that but it's not like it's going to flare geese it's not like the geese are going to come in and go like wait a minute no it's like (laughs) you're going to be calling at geese and they're going to look over like i hear stuff but don't see stuff so i'm going to keep going to my so gray i'm going to keep going to my x field right if you lose all the draw power of the visibility then you are um Pass shooting with a goose call. Do you think you could have effectively, and this is just my random brain, if you set a 100% spec decoy spread for early season, honk, early season honker or any season honker and then called at them with a honker call, how effective do you think that would be? Equal to using honker decoys? Yeah. 
I think so too. <laughs> Probably, most likely not that much less effective because they're a little bit they're they look close enough, pretty close. But I would say they're a little bit brighter. And if you said what you said was conceivably use that in just if they had that as an option and the field you got, you looked at the at the color of the field that you were going to be hunting and you thought, boy, what would stick out better, our spec decoys or our honker decoys, and just ran which decoys you thought would. But you also threw in the magic wand of goose hunting, the goose call. Right. So, I mean, I can hunt over black five-gallon buckets and kill geese over them. And it's not because the geese think they're, the buckets are geese. It's because they think there's a goose amongst the buckets that they can't see <laughs> right now, but they know they can hear it. Right, right. So, like, if you're using a, a goose call effectively and you are um, hunting over spec decoys, they're going to be coming in going... Where did all these greater white fronts come from? <laughs> I don't know, but I hear my hon- some somewhere in here. Sounds like Ned hear, and Delilah somewhere yeah. in the back there. I'm Ned's gonna come in here somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna find that some bitch. Yeah, they trust their ears more than they trust their eyes. So now, if you were to just say like, have an X field and uh, just throw out a bunch of spec decoys and then watch from the watch from the road and see what they do, that'd be kind of interesting. See how they react to a bunch of specs yeah, out there? Yeah, without any calls in it, would they just come to it? I bet they would. I bet they'd land nearby it and be, like, kind of looking around like, I mean, what you, the fuck? You know, go out snow goose hunting. I mean, I see, like, a single snow mixed in with cacklers or spec flocks all the time, and vice versa. Sometimes there's a random spec mixed in or, you know, which really sucks when you get a juvie spec mixed in with some juvie snows because a juvie spec and a juvie blue are very similar mm-hmm. <laughs> in appearance. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. There are quite a few flocks, you know, as you're sitting there and you're guiding and you're in there coming in, like, oh, these birds are doing it. And like, they're like, what is that one? I'm like, I don't know yet. I'm waiting for them to talk to me, you know, because you're like, am I getting a bark or am I getting a squeak? That'll tell me if it's a speck or a blue. So anyways, did we cover the honker decoy at world? Well, we kind of went everywhere with it. Um, we didn't talk about like silhouettes so much. I guess we did a little. No, where are we at? Well, we got a little time. We can, we can cover, um. So I guess in my mind, and I think some movement is important. You know, it's movement. It's like super important for snows, everybody says, which I, I actually agree with. But you don't see people running big spreads for honkers with socks. You know, movement, sometimes some, very few, like down you know, south, you do sometimes. Well, for cacklers, when you're dealing with yeah. flocks that are in the hundreds. Or thou- know, yeah, tens of thousands. Tens of thousands, yeah. you know, because um, there's probably is a lot of movement going around. But generally, if you're scouting honkers when they're in a the field, don't move a ton when they do move it's a slow movement you're like they're not frantically feeding what do you want you want movement or do you want realistic movement yeah i just well, said this one with joey like if they made a goose decoy that did a backflip would you buy it yeah fuck right. no you're getting movement yeah, yeah. why wouldn't you I mean, it's great movement look at yeah. that. that you can see that a mile away that goose is just doing backflip after backflip after backflip breakdancing goose decoy yeah, it doesn't look realistic so <laughs> does a wind activated motion stake system look realistic not in my opinion i'd rather you know what does look realistic a goose standing still <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. If you use your flag and, and the right thing. No. I guess in my uh, no, you're you're I'm I gonna keep s- punching that bag. Dude, I know so many people that are just dead set on the flag. Um and I I think it has a place. Like a lot of things, it's a tool it's a tool in the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I do think it's overused. I think people put too much importance on it. But I guess for me in a perfect world, decoy wise, I would say like a mixed spread. Well, also, people like to say this. Do you think silhouettes work just as good as full bodies? No, I think silhouettes work way better than full bodies on the days you need them. And the full bodies work way better than silhouettes on the other days. Yeah, you yeah know? it's a tool. It's a tool. It's the, just like goose hunting is always if that, then this. You know, like yeah. that's a great way of putting it is like 
Man, there was a that uh, my last hunt of the season, um, out in Canada in Ontario. Dude called me up and he was like, uh, "Do you think we could run traffic tomorrow? I, I could get us on a bean field under a line." And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know. Let me look at the weather." I was like, "Oh my God, yes!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was it? He's like, "It's like wind? a mile. It's like a mile walk." And these guys just had full bodies, and I had one bag of silhouettes. I was like, we're going in there. And it was like a, all of a one-mile walk into uh, that bitch. And, uh, yeah, we just put out one bag. I think it was 67 or 69 silhouettes. We just fucking crushed them. Like, on a day like that, and we shot four bands. Son of a bitch. On a day like that, <laughs> thank God we had that bag of silhouettes. Yeah. And then there's days where, you know, you're hunting really educated birds, all the cards got dealt into their favor that morning, and you're going, thank God we ran 12 DSDs. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's just the day needs this. Every job requires a different tool. I mean, we, have, we ran silhouettes last year uh, almost exclusively. We didn't run full bodies that often, and uh, we had a pretty good season last year. So, I mean, they definitely, they definitely work. I they mean, definitely work. There's definitely days when you probably shouldn't use them. Like, I've had multiple days where I thought back, like, ooh, we probably would have been better off with 18 full bodies than with doing that 20 dozen silhouettes like we did. Sure. You know, like, because sometimes it just gets to be a little overwhelming. One time we stacked a pasture pond, like, just with 240 fucking uh, silhouettes. And, we, okay, silhouettes, people always talk about glare. Glare on silhouettes is real. It won't ruin your hunt, but it can ruin a time period of your hunt. Sure. So, like... And the sun's at the right angle. And that, I come, came to this conclusion exactly, specifically because of this pasture pond hunt, because we were sitting there and really slow morning. It was bright out, going to be warm, like a September day. And so we're in a pasture pond, got good sun, so we know they're going to be coming to a loaf spot. And all of a sudden, you know, like a three-pack came in, and they just did it. And then, like, another three-pack just did it. And I was like, nice. And it's a slow morning, so this is like once every 45 minutes this is happening. Then the next flock came, and they got a, they hooked around just like the uh, first two flocks, and boom, they exploded out of there, flaring Ooh. out. I was like, eh, whatever, you know, we'll get the All next right. ones. Next ones, same thing. Next ones, same things. Not not just like the same thing, but like right. the same spot. Same spot, like of their swing. Angle, everything. And I was like looking at the sun, and then looking like where they were flaring out, and I walked up the hill on the other side, and I looked back, and yeah, like we had our 20 dozen slits. Yeah, straight mirrors. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Then about an hour later, we're still sitting out there. Shoot, they start doing it. Start doing it, sucking right in again. And we had a great hunt, but we were all talking afterwards, like, hey, maybe we, because it was a pain in the ass to walk that many goddamn silhouettes yeah. out there in the first place. Like maybe we should have just done like a dozen full bodies and six floaters. And I was like, yeah, like, yeah, probably. Well, we're getting into a different subject, so I'll, I'll uh, let's wrap this one up. What do you, any closing uh, decoys comments on decoy types? Well. Because I don't want to get into spreads. I think spreads can be a, a separate. All right. Well, socks, topic. socks, silhouettes, full bodies. Um, anything you can get is going to be an advantage on a certain day. You should have every tool that you need. Like, get the tool. Have the tool. Know when to use the tool. Know what you're up against, and then pick the right tool out of your box for that. Have headless that socks. Event. Have Dave Smith decoys. Have it all. Yeah. So just <laughs> open that checkbook and start. <laughs> as much as you can. I mean, Easier don't. Easier said than done. 
Always look for what's going to expand my opportunity. I already have 10 dozen full bodies, but what if it's raining? Maybe I should get 65 silhouettes. Or expand your network with people that have the <laughs> That might be easier. Or I got a neck collar in a field, but I only have these ugly Bigfoots. Yeah. You know. yeah. Quick Facebook post to take care of that. You'd have DSDs in that field. Next day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, we can wrap that one up. All right, sounds good. Later. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.